What is going on? I want to welcome you from AFCOR for today, Wednesday, March 16th. I, of course, am your Sean Murphy alongside. He is six foot two from Marquette, Michigan. Six foot three from Marquette, Michigan. The UP Dirk, the man who goes berserk, Troy Sergey. Troy, how's it going, man? How are you? Going good, man. Hey, guess what? It was 61 degrees here in Ohio this afternoon. You and I did, Sean. What? I went out with my basketball. I drove to the local park and I played basketball for about an hour this afternoon. It was amazing. Let's go, dude. Awesome. That's incredible, dude. It's springtime. It's the beginning of March Madness. It's it's just a good time of year, man. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is kind of like the... This is like the lull in the NBA season before we hit the playoffs. You know what I mean? We're about, I believe we're about a little less than, a, we're about a month away from when the play-in tournament starts, which, which is I, insane. Yeah, which I am so excited for. The Pistons only have 14 games left in their schedule. So it is uh, it is the butt crack of the NBA season, man. It is We are getting right down to the tail of it. And we got a lot to talk about because this is from half court where each and every week Troy and I sit down and talk all things NBA basketball. If you like that, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and share with your friends. We are also available on all the podcast services that your heart could possibly desire. And with that, Troy, the NBA has not quieted down this March. I I can't believe the amount of 40-point games we have seen since the all-star break i mean trey young just had mm-hmm. two in a row jason yeah. tatum had that insane run mm-hmm. apparently the the team in la that must not be named can't win if a certain kid from akron can't score 50 points i mean troy it's what's going on man like all these guys are exploding offensively yeah reggie miller said it well uh, last night on espn he said when one player does it that inspires the whole league of talent to try to do it itself. Yeah. It, and uh, we see that. Yeah. You know, Trey Young was a great example of tonight. Uh, even Joker had a great game and Bede had a great game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the Tatum thing I think is, is the most important worthy uh, of our discussion because uh, he's been playing great too. And uh, yeah, it's again, it all piggies back to how deep this league is, Sean, and the depth of this league Um is why I've tried to watch almost every game, at least the highlights uh, all season long. Like it, it's so fun to keep up with this league this year. Yeah. And to my knowledge, there's only three guys this year with multiple 50 point games and it's Kevin Durant, LeBron James and Jason Tatum. And, and it wow. just, and it just feels to me like we're just seeing guys really starting to insert their names, like just in the other, in the upper echelon of of nba stars you know what i mean right. and, and to me like i i look no further it, I, I can't just stop raving about that team in boston just with what jason tatum's been able to do and grow into this year and he's only 19 uh <laughs> you know uh that that's my favorite running joke about jason tatum it never gets old but yeah it's it's everybody it's unreal and you know watching and, and each and every night there's marquee games and things in the calendar that you can't miss. I mean, I feel like the we had the biggest game of the year last last week with the Nets Sixers game. 
And I don't know about you, Troy, but I was glued to my TV during that. That was a insane matchup. I, a little bit of a blowout, though. Not a little bit. I mean, <laughs> got out of hand. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the I I was expecting it to be at least a little bit more competitive. I really was favoring Philly in that matchup. I thought Joel Embiid was going to want to make a statement with Ben Simmons sitting on the bench. But but there's a beautiful man named Kevin Durant. That I forgot about Kevin freaking Durant, man. And that's on me betting against my one of my favorite players in the world, perhaps the best player alive, Kevin freaking Durant. Him and Kyrie Irving both just put on a clinic. And, J- and I've never seen Kyrie Irving take a defensive matchup so seriously in my entire life. I mean, he put the clamps on Harden. He went three of 17 from the field. That's nuts. That is an absolute bonkers stat, Sean. Yeah, and on top of that, you have Joel Embiid. He, he didn't play much better. He he kind of went out and laid an egg as well. And I'm I'm not going to lie, Troy. I'm feeling concerned about what's going on in Philly. They've only played eight games together. All right? In those eight games, they're, they're, they're six and two so far. They're doing well. However, again, this was the most like a playoff atmosphere that we are going to get before these teams actually get into that time of the year. And, and even tonight, yeah. Sean, against Denver, that was a similar playoff environment. Yeah, um, I hate yeah, to say it, but yeah, another, and, and a marquee matchup. Of course, it was out west, but uh, a marquee matchup that yeah. uh, unfortunately did not go the Sixers, Sixers way. If you're well, cheering for them, well, in like and in, in of late, just James Harden the past three or four games hasn't been a factor offensively. I mean, I I never have watched a game like I, I, where James Harden just felt less involved than mm-hmm. I did tonight, in particular against Denver. And again, to me, this is why I have a hard time picking the 76ers because this team they just it just seems like they don't have that clutch factor now Joel Embiid um obviously tonight uh there was the uh, as a recording there was also the matchup where the Sixers face off against the Denver Nuggets the first time we saw uh we saw uh Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid play each other in almost three years just with how things have been because of injury I believe the last time they played was in 2019 so the fact that this is the first time we've gotten this matchup in quite a while, and both guys took it very seriously and went at each other all night. And for the majority of it, Philly had control. However, it was the play of the of the of the Denver Nuggets bench. Guys like Bones Highland coming yeah, in and getting dude, I'm impressed points. With that guy. Yeah. I'm impressed by that guy. Yeah, Bones Highland, a rookie, coming off the bench, getting 21 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. But, like, is it Ming Troy? Or do the do the Philadelphia 76ers just kind of look sluggish on the defensive end? Like, yeah, it's tough. It's tough because they had such a good first half, Sean, and yeah. I think – um, I don't know. Maybe they just get tired at the end of the game, but uh, it was I, I the think... second night of a back to back. That is right. To note. Right. But they, I mean, they even went to OT against Orlando last night, Sean, and yeah. they were fully, fully healthy, fully healthy. And they go yeah. to OT against Orlando. I mean, I mean, the thing is like, I mean, we're talking about James Harden, like having like a struggling night. The thing is I go and look at the score. I look at the stat sheet. 
James Harden had 24, 11, and 9. He had almost a triple-double, but it was the quietest 24, 11, and 9 I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, it felt like he, he did nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's a great playmaker. He's a great passer. He can get guys in positions. And, you know, like, the ball movement of the 76ers is something that definitely sticks out. I mean, you know, um, you had guys like, you know, Matisse Thibel was out there hitting shots. Yeah, big, but, big game by him. Yeah, yeah, but I had, think Sean, too. Six to, steals. He, he, was to your, a, he was a mess. Yeah. To your point about the quiet night with him and beat, it's hard, it's hard to be magnified when you're shooting as many free throws as he is a game, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's leading the league in free throw attempts. And well, well, I'm talking about Harden having a quiet game. I'm talking about Oh, Harden I thought you were talking about Embiid. Okay. No, I'm sorry. no, I I'm said sorry. Harden. I said Harden. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, Embiid, Embiid had a monster night. He had 30. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he had 34 points. He took the matchup very seriously. I think for the majority of the night, I think Joel Embiid looked like it looks like the better of the two for the majority of the night. However, when it mattered most, Nikola Jokic came through. He hit right. that crazy shot at the end. He had those. That was awesome. Dude, that was a good m- shot, man. Multiple should have been an and one. Should have been an and one. Should have been an and one. Absolutely. <laughs> and like the in the first thing after that, he he yells saying that should have been an and one. I if I were him, I'd be asking how in the hell I made that because it was the weirdest. <laughs> It was the weirdest looking shot, but that's the thing about Jokic, man. He just, his game is so unconventional, but he can score in so many ways. He can finish in so many ways. He can get the ball to his teammates. I mean, just the sheer overall skill set of, of Nikola Jokic. And it it does, whenever these guys do face off or, or whenever we do talk about the best bigs in the league, I mean, it's Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and everybody else, right? These guys are the top two. And I did have a video that released uh, as um, as a recording. It'll go up, go up tomorrow, but uh, as of this coming out, it will have already been out. So check that out. Be in the link below. It's kind of just which big is best, and it's and it's a difficult question to answer because you could make legitimate arguments for both. Now, Troy, I personally. Uh, you and I have, have have been debating this even over the past week, and you know I've been debating this with other people. I think Nikola Jokic is the answer, and I think if you look if you look at him, if you look at what he does statistically, if you look at as far as availability, if you look at overall clutch clutch factor, like everything, I think if you take the overall game that Nikola Jokic plays, I think he's the best player. I I, I think you can make a legitimate argument for Nikola Jokic being the best player in the world. But there's a legitimate argument for both. Troy, I know uh, I know you came at me on Twitter and said statistically Nikola Yo- uh, uh, Joel Embiid is more consistent and you said stats don't lie. Not my brightest moment. <laughs> and my favorite thing was how you shared no stats. <laughs> oh, but but Troy, stats don't lie, but no stats don't lie even more. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're right, Troy. Stats don't lie. Let's talk about them. And, I mean, if you compare them, I mean, they are very similar. Now, uh, Joel Embiid does lead in the scoring category. However, sure. uh, Jokic is double in passing. He shoots, again, every time I see uh, Nikola Jokic's efficiency, it blows my freaking mind. Uh, he averages shooting 57% from the field, Troy, 57%. And this isn't a guy that just lives in the paint. I mean, he's all over the court. He's a three level score. Both of these guys are, 
So, so Troy, watching this game tonight, watching these guys over the course of time, if you were building a t- if you were building a franchise, and you had the choice between these two guys, who are you taking? Which which big do you like better? Yeah, Sean. Honestly, after tonight, it's got to be the Joker. I mean, I'm not just saying it because the Nuggets won. I'm saying that because of the impact he had on the game. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my argument right there. Uh, I think Jokic is a guy who can assist the ball. And I, I guess I never really realized how good his passing was. You know, I, I've seen Nuggets play quite a bit. I've watched Joker play all year, but uh, seeing, I, I don't think I've watched a full start to finish Nuggets game until tonight. And um, man, how he facilitates the basketball, Sean, mm-hmm. and, and how he impacts the game on the defensive end as well. I. Uh, Aaron might I think I think he's a bigger asset to the Nuggets than Embiid is to the Sixers. Yeah, and and, and, and I think that's that's the best argument right there. In, in in my opinion, I think if you watch these guys both play, it's hard to say that there is a player in the game of basketball that affects winning at a higher level than Nikola Jokic. I mean, right. this Denver Nuggets team. I mean, first of all, both of these teams very similar situations. I mean. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic both had to uh, overcome a lot of adversity in the beginning of the careers. You know, Joel Embiid with his health, Nikola Jokic being a 43rd overall pick, being drafted through a Taco Bell commercial, um, and you know, uh, and, and and now being one of the best players in the world. Yeah. And now, being in a season where Nikola Jokic has had has been without Dejounte Murray and without Michael Porter Jr. For this team to be sixth in the Western Conference, outside of the play-in picture, we talk about all the players that the Lakers have missed throughout the year. Damn it, I brought up the Lakers. I said we weren't going to. Yeah, no, but, but, just, do that, Sean. But, but just for this case, just for this argument, we're not talking about them. I'm just I'm just showing in contrast, you know? And where everyone was talking about how screwed they were. I mean, look at the pieces that, that, that Nikola Jokic has around them, right? I mean, like, who's his, who's his second best player? Aaron Gordon, Monte. Yeah, Morris. or I mean, Morris is playing well too. Yeah, Monte. Mor- Will Barton. Yeah, Will Barton. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and then off the bench, I mean, it took a, it took twenty, it, it took a great game out of Bones Highland. You know, he had twenty-one points Dude. tonight. Absolutely great. Yeah, yeah. But that's that goes to my argument too, Sean. I mean, the guy impacts his team more than yeah. Embiid does. Exactly, and 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 I think that's ultimately the point. I mean, like Embiid, he he's the reason why they're in this position right now too, right? I mean, throughout the year, he, he didn't have, he didn't have Ben Simmons, obviously now they have James Harden. So things are a little bit different. However, even if you look at, even if you look at like the rosters and just compare them, I mean, it's, it's easy to say like Embiid carried them, but like look at his supporting cast because like for the majority of the year, Seth Curry was on his roster alongside Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, Tobias Harris, you know, like Danny Green, like they're like he has an entire roster of guys that that are by no means scrubs. If anything, like Tyrese Maxey has proven to be a borderline all star caliber player. So if I'm looking at like what they've done and like what they've had or what they've been asked to do, I mean Nikola Jokic is just a winner. And and I every every facet of his game. He just makes winning basketball plays. And I, I'm just blown away every single time I watch those guys face off 
on a basketball court, man. And, you know, I, I just, I'm hard pressed to see, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking earlier about like what teams are we overlooking in the NBA playoff picture? And there's two that come to mind because I think that there are some stories we're not talking about specifically. I'm thinking of the Denver Nuggets and I'm thinking of the Los Angeles Clippers. Hear me out, Troy. Okay. What if both teams get their young stars back healthy come playoff time? Imagine if the Denver Nuggets are able to get DeJounte Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back. Imagine if the Clippers. This Clippers Wait, DeJon- DeJounte Murray? Not, that's the guy. Oh, Jamal Murray. Yeah, yeah, Jamal yeah, yeah. Murray. Jamal yeah, Murray. Yeah, yeah. My, my apologies. <laughs> Jamal Murray. Yeah, Jamal Murray. My apologies. Yeah, I said that a couple times. Dang it. But yeah, Jamal Murray. Like, if they get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back. Yeah, Porter Jr. is great. Like, if they get those guys back and they're, and they're playing well come playoff time, this is a team that two years ago made the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying they're cracking the top of the Western Conference, but are you telling me the Golden State Warriors would want to face Jokic in the playoffs? Hell no. Mm-mm. Imagine a playoff series where you have James Wiseman having to go up against Nikola Jokic. <laughs> I mean, more than likely, Draymond Green would probably take a brunt of that. But even then, that's yeah, not a favorable not mu- there's matchup. There's not much he can do. There's no, not there's not. That, that's not a great matchup for Draymond Green either. So if I'm looking at, like, I'm looking at that team, and then also the Clippers, there's rumblings of if Kawhi and Paul George are back and ready to go. Even if they just get one of them. They can make a no- they can make some noise in the Western Conference playoffs. Troy, am I crazy at all? Do you, are you, are these teams that you're looking at or keeping an eye on, or or what do you, what do you, do you think their seasons are just shot and we should just be excited for what's coming next year for these guys? No, no, not shot. Uh, I guess I probably wouldn't be one to make all those uh, analysis together like you did. Like I guess I never really thought about you know what would happen to the nuggets if they got murray or porter jr back and i haven't really haven't given wiseman much thought either but no these are guys who are definitely are not out these are teams that are not out uh, they have impact players who can impact the game tremendously on, on both ends of the court and i think a guy like Jokic again can carry that team no matter what's around him so to say that the nuggets are out would be foolish because you have arguably the best player like you said in the world on your team yeah so arguably no i, I don't think MVP. Right, right. I don't think any of these teams who are at least in a top six seed, even on even in the East too, like on on both sides, I don't think either one. I don't think either of your six uh, you can count out uh, East and West, John. Mm-hmm. I I really don't think so. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, it's it's just interesting because you know this time of year is really where you start to see what teams are kind of made of, right? I mean, you know, I think Philly, yeah. I think everyone expected them immediately just to be, you know, off uh, you know, off the ground running and just have this dominant run until the playoffs, but I think we're seeing those growing pains for Philly. I think we're yeah. seeing uh, you know, Harden having to adjust his game because let's be honest, he can't just go out and dominate the ball every night. And and for Joel Embiid, I mean, there's only so much he can do, right? I mean, his, yeah, right. I mean, the supporting cast around him is they, they just they got to be better. I mean, looking at, uh, I mean, looking at the Sixers and what what they had tonight. I mean, you know, you have Tyrese Maxey getting himself a pretty good game, but outside of that, like you know, Ty, I mean, uh, Matisse Thybul 
he did everything on the defensive end you could possibly mm-hmm. ask like Matisse Thibel mm-hmm. to do. But right. but then you look at the rest of the roster and you get you get guys like you know Danny Green who who put up a who put up a donut on the offensive end. You look at guys every like, team he's been on, Sean. He impacts. Yeah. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. But Danny Green hasn't been that hasn't been that great so far as a Sixer. You know, I I, I think. I, I mean, especially it seems like after that uh, that Laker year, it just seems like Danny Green has just started to kind of, you know, go mm-hmm. down a little bit. Obviously, he's Danny Green. He's still a super valuable player by no means a scrub. But I mean, I mean, and then you look at Tobias Harris, who he just ever since he's been a 76er, it seems to me like he's struggled to find his offensive game, especially in this lineup. I mean, I mean, you need Tobias Harris to go out and get you more than ten points mm-hmm. if if you need to succeed, right? I I just I think we we look at this roster and after the trade deadline when you when you automatically just put those two players together of Joel Embiid and James Harden, it's easy to just go that's the favorite right there. That right. team is winning it all, but I wouldn't go so far, Troy. It's I mean, we're we're in the final month of the season right now, and there is a lot that can happen. However, uh, there is a lot that also we can learn as well. And so I, I think for the Philadelphia 76ers, especially after a couple of disappointing games, especially that dud they put out against the Brooklyn Nets, I think there's definitely a lot to look at as well. But, but on the team that was on the flip side of that matchup, the Brooklyn Nets, they have as many questions as answers right now, too. Troy, did you hear the latest injury update on Ben Simmons? I haven't. He isn't even cleared to run yet. I didn't realize that. Apparently, over the course of the All-Star break, uh, Ben Simmons aggravated his back and is dealing with back issues. And ever since joining the Nets, he did apparently have uh, a setback. And he's been cleared to do individual jump shooting practice however has not been cleared for running yet Hmm. and so there is still no timetable for ben simmons to return man so for the brooklyn nets to deal with both the fact that we have no clue when ben simmons is returning hopefully before the regular season ends that would Mm -hmm. be the that would be the hope right Mm -hmm. but on the flip side you have the kyrie irving situation which is only getting worse. By the way, I'm sorry. I just I just saw in the I know we said we wouldn't talk about him, but the Raptors are already up fifteen to two, four minutes into the game. Anyway. Yeah, I I, I just saw thirteen to two with the team that fell not making, but uh, uh, Lakers. Anyway, um with with that, Troy, the the latest with the Kyrie Irving situation obviously being that he can now attend Brooklyn Nets games, sit front row. Not yeah. wear a mask. Be in the building. Right. However, right. However, cannot play basketball. Right. Yeah. In the city of New York. And the mayor has been adamant coming out saying that Kyrie Irving can be on the court. All he has to do is get vaccinated. And Troy, I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't think yeah. Kyrie Irving All yours, get buddy. Vaccinated. I don't think he's going to get vaccinated. I'm just going to, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. But, but Troy, on one hand, I sit there and I am, I am flabbergasted 
that this is a thing, right? I mean, as far as as far as rules, it makes sense. It just doesn't make sense. Players that are unvaccinated can come to New York. They can play as well. Kyrie Irving can't play. However, it comes back to the fact that did we not know that this was gonna be an issue for the entire season? Right? We did, Sean. This is this is this it's goes not, without said. It's not news, and it's hard. And like, and like on one hand, it's like yeah, like you know, for we want to see Kyrie Irving on a basketball court, right? Because Kyrie Irving on a basketball court is is still one of the best players in the world. Kyrie Irving just over this past week had a fifty point game himself. However. Kyrie Irving over the course of the of Brooklyn's final 15 14 games you know how many games Kyrie Irving's going to be able to play down the stretch of this season Troy maybe 6 4 wow wow so for the Brooklyn Nets you're in a situation where being on your home court is a disadvantage and Kyrie Irving even went into the locker room after the net, after the Knicks game where, where Kevin Durant scored 50 points and he was fined $50,000 for being in the locker room because that's their place of work. So, Troy. Yes, that, that was a big thing. And it sounds like that was the Nets. The NBA is blaming the, the, NBA is blaming the Nets more than they're blaming Kyrie Irving. Actually, right. they're not blaming Kyrie Irving at all. Right. Well, yeah, they, they find the Nets organization, which, I mean, they're the ones that allowed him in the locker room. So I think that's valid. Yes. But, yeah. but, Troy. Where are you sitting with this? Like, I, I mean, with this Brooklyn Nets situation, I, I just find myself frustrated because it's, you know, I know if they put all the pieces together and they're and, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are on a basketball court together, it is hard-pressed to think any team can beat them in a seven-game series. Yeah. However, yeah. how many of those games can, can Kyrie Irving play in? Mm-hmm. Right now? Four, three to four at best. Right. So, Troy, what, what, what are you thinking right now about the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, I'm thinking a lot of things. So, you know, it, it was very interesting to see, you know, him just, I guess, buy a ticket to the game, right? And sit front row and watch his Nets uh, play against, um, who were they playing? The, the, Knicks, the Knicks the other night, the right? Yep. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and it's sad because, you know, I'm vaccinated, you're vaccinated. It's, it's proven to uh, at least work, right? <laughs> right. Oh, not only to hurt you, but also to work, right? So it's you're kind of doing two good things here. You're protecting yourself and you're protecting others, right? It's, uh, you, you kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. So I, I I still can't wrap my head around, um, you know his his argument. I understand he practices a little, little bit different faith than I do yeah. of you know Islam, but uh, I still don't really understand about getting the vaccine i I just just get it and play and and i think he's showing maybe not how not all in he is you know i think he's showing everyone that he's 95 or 96 percent all in yeah but he's not 100 percent all in and sean to win a championship you need all five guys you even need your sixth seventh and eighth guy to all be 100 percent all in to win a championship so now with Kyrie being i'm gonna say 95 96 percent all in i i can't see the nets going past the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, you can even make the legitimate case that this team would, like, they would probably still have James Harden if Kyrie Irving was vaccinated. Unbelievable. That's a crazy thought, Sean. If Kevin Durant didn't go down, if Kyrie Irving was available, 
it is it is it is hard pressed for me to think that James Harden would request would request a trade to go to Philadelphia, right? Yes. yes. But Kevin Durant gets injured. They go down this midseason slump. James Harden gets frustrated with the with the with the supporting cast that he has, mm-hmm. and he pushes his way to Philadelphia. You know, yeah. so it, yeah. to me, like to to think about the fact that Kyrie Irving takes no responsibility in this, no accountability. Just and, and you know, and even Kevin Durant calling out the mayor of New York. Listen, I mean, the the politics of the vaccine, whatever. There's no politics and or arguments of the fact that the vaccine works, the vaccine's safe, the vaccine's helping us. It's it's a big part of why we're in the situation we're in right now, where COVID's kind of going away. But anyway, mm-hmm. with that, <laughs> I mean, not really going away, but I mean, you know, being under more control. Subdued, more not under we're control. not where we were two yeah. years ago yeah. at this under time. Under <laughs> control, more subdued. We can live a regular life and not be as afraid of COVID. Yeah, but. James Harden, or I mean, but Kyrie Irving, again, we knew all year that this would be an issue. Mm -hmm. And now we are getting to playoff time, and Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets relied on the city of New York to change their stance. I think you got to stop hoping for that, and I think you got to start hoping that Kyrie Irving changes his stance because Mm -hmm. I, I can't see a world where come playoff time, all of a sudden, the mayor of New York, the way he's been talking, just goes, yeah, let's lift that mandate. Why not? You know what I mean? It just I'm just hard-pressed to. It's, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It's not going to happen, Sean. Uh, another thing, uh, and kind of going back to that, to that Sixers-Nuggets game we were watching earlier, I sent you a text, yeah. and I can't stop thinking about the scenario that I threw out to you. Because DeMarcus Cousins is currently a member of the Denver Nuggets and is the backup center to Nikola Jokic. And I texted you say, saying, Troy, imagine if five years ago you would have told us that we would be watching the two best big men in the world going head-to-head on national television and DeMarcus Cousins was the backup. I would have I would have told you if I saw if I saw five years from now or five if I was if it was five years ago and I saw footage of Demarcus Cousins versus Joel Embiid facing off on ESPN Nuggets Sixers my thought would have been the Nuggets traded for Demarcus Cousins how did they get one of the best big men in the world yet in reality and still keep Jokic <laughs> but yet it's it's Jokic. Coming off yeah. the bench. I mean, five years ago, Jokic was was a rookie. You know, he was a he was a yeah. young guy, not not in this spot. I mean, talk about a talk about a decline in a career, man. I mean, ever yeah. since that torn Achilles, Demarcus Cousins has just has struggled to find a spot in the league. I mean, Troy, I don't know about you, man. I watch Demarcus Cousins, and I just think, what if? Right? I mean, what if this guy never went down with that torn Achilles? He was. He was playing special basketball before he was injured. I mean, Troy, what 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 are your thoughts on the Demarcus Cousins situation? Yeah, yeah, you know, I think it's a it's another situation of you know, I guess greatness diminishing, but also age getting the best of someone, especially a incredible athlete like him. 
Uh, but yeah, and I think, you know, we see this with Drummond as well. You know, a guy who was seen as a top five center in the league, maybe even top three at times. And now the backup on a, a role team, a team that has a chance to, you know, be a contender, but not actually maybe be the favorite. Um, and yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, he had a little stint with Milwaukee around Christmas time. Played pretty um, well for them, pretty decent, not bad. Yeah, he really didn't play too well, but not a, not good enough to have a long term stint with the team, right, unfortunately. Right. right. Um, but you know, he's a guy, Sean. That yeah, I, I think what we're seeing now is what we're going to see for the rest of his career. Unfortunately, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, what we're seeing now is 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 more than likely what we're going to get, and you know, unfortunately for you know for for him, I, I you know, I, there's there is no injury in the game of basketball that is more devastating than a torn Achilles, right? I mean, we've seen, we've seen John Wall struggle with it. We've seen Clay Thompson, you know, kind of coming back and, and starting to find his form again. We'll talk about Clay in a second. Um, but, but on the, on the side of, of, of being a big man, there is, especially for big men, there is no worse injury than a torn Achilles. And, you know, I think we've seen, We've seen that really be a struggle for DeMarcus Cousins. And so, you know, I, I hope, obviously, I, I hope good things for him going forward. You know, it's obviously a bummer that he's no longer this force in the league that he used to be. But, I mean, you know, that's just, uh, you know, that's just the way that it goes, yeah. Troy. It is. It is, Sean. Yeah, 100%. Uh, speaking of a team that's been dealing with some injury issues, Troy, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, yeah, they got Levert back tonight. Yeah. They looked pretty good. They won in uh, overtime against the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Evan Mobley with, with a career high got 33 points. Darius Garland got 27 himself. That that duo playing really well. However, I mean, Troy, this is a team that this is a team that was a third. This was a team that was like the third seed in the. Uh, this is a team that was a third seed in the Eastern Conference about a month Just or two about, ago. I was even probably three weeks ago, Sean. Yeah, and now, ever since the injuries have hit, this team is free falling, Troy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. And, and, and for they, a Cavs fan, yeah, I believe I heard the statistic tonight going into the going into the game that it was their twenty fifth different starting lineup that they threw out there this year. Twenty five different starting lineups. <laughs> but to think that they're still a playoff team, Sean, yeah. is remarkable. Yeah. Thinking at what their roster, I mean, they really haven't changed much of their roster besides adding uh Levert, but mm-hmm. um, you know, seven months ago, Sean, Lori Markinen, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, we would have said decent team, maybe a tenth seed. Yeah, like a play-in. Ninth if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um but Sean, that it wasn't the case, and a lot has to do with Mobley, and a lot has to do with the development and the I'll just say it All Star uh, caliber caliber season that uh, J- Jared Allen's had, and Darius Garland too, and <laughs> Darius Garland too. Yeah. So to have two All Stars on your team, I don't think I would have predicted that, and to probably have your Rookie of the Year, hate to say it, uh, on your team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm just incredible, you know, beyond blown away of you know where this team is at. More for than sure. Anything. For sure. But another thing with that, though, we 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 looked at them um, as a team that was, you know, sitting comfortably up towards the top of the Eastern Conference. Troy, this is how quickly the 
the league can change, and this is how mm-hmm. drastically fast things can be different. At this current time, as of recording, the Toronto Raptors are a game and a half back of the Cleveland Cavaliers. In the also season. at this time, the Toronto Raptors are beating the team that shall not be named 30-6. to six. This is why we don't talk about that team anymore. <laughs> six points in one quarter. Yeah. Six. <laughs> oh my god it, wait hold on is yeah. yep and uh and okay yep we're just gonna say lebron's on the court and they only have and they only have six points avery bradley scored four of their six points jesus <laughs> christ oh my god <laughs> but anyway but with with the cleveland cavaliers now they're in a situation where if they don't get healthy and they're not able to win a good amount of games going on the stretch and the Toronto Raptors, a team that is starting to, you know, kind of find their rhythm a little bit. You know, they're they're in their last ten. They, I mean, they've uh, they've won their last three. They're on a little bit of a winning streak. It seems like Scotty Barnes is starting to have some good play. There is a realistic shot, Troy, that we could be looking at a playing game between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Can you imagine? Dang. Dang. I, I'm watching that game. I'm buying all the popcorn in the world, and I am watching that game, Sean. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, the thing is, you know, that would be the 7-8 game. So whoever loses, they would have a second chance, at, mm-hmm. you know, at getting in. So it's not like whoever loses that game would automatically be out. However, you know, if, if I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers, I mean, I am hanging on for dear life because they're going to have a difficult stretch coming up and you know i these la these final i mean they they only have 14 games left they played denver on friday sean and then detroit on saturday mm-hmm. yeah they have a difficult back-to-back coming i mean on top of that they got um they have uh so actually it looks like uh not only uh they they actually play on wednesday they play the 76ers again again yeah oh yeah yeah i guess they they played them not too far ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ago. It was about it was about a week or two ago. It looks yeah. like, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like going down the stretch, it looks like. All right, let, let's look at their let's look at their remaining schedule. Okay, they yeah. got at home against Philly, at home against Denver, at home against Detroit, at home against the Lakers. So, two of those games are are two to three of those games are very winnable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Philly, I think it's chalked, but the um, then they go on the road against Toronto. And then they got Chicago, they got Orlando, they got Dallas, and then they go on the road and they face the 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 Hawks, the Knicks. They have Philly again down the stretch, and then they have they have to their final two games of the season, Troy, at Brooklyn, at home against the Bucks. And, and obviously, it depends yeah. on like you know who if they're going to be resting stars or not. I know Brooklyn sure. won't. I know right. Brooklyn's going to have their guys out there because they're going to need right. to, right? But, I mean, this is a team that a couple months ago we were talking about being having home court in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now might not even be in the playoffs if they don't make it through the play-in. Talk about how quickly things can change. Right, right Troy? Yeah, definitely, Sean. So... That that that's going to be a situation to keep our eyes on for sure. 
Um, another situation I've been keeping my eye on, and I just can't keep talking about enough. Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers currently have a better record than the Sacramento Kings since the trade deadline, Troy. Who could have predicted that, Sean? I could. <laughs> <laughs> I could too, buddy. I could too. And 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 it's not even been because of like De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox has been outstanding of late. He's been average. He's been averaging upper twenty, upper twenties since Tyrese Halliburton has left. But they got no help. I mean, even mm-hmm. even when Sabonis is on the court, I mean Sabonis is he's playing fine, but like it's kind of what my problem was with the trade to begin with. I mean, he's he's good, but he's not he doesn't affect winning. If he did, the Indiana Pacers probably wouldn't have needed to trade him because they probably would have been in a better position. And, I mean, and even just the positionness of that trade, Sean, like a power forward for a point guard. I mean, like like I'm I'm talking a little more on Sacramento's perspective. Like yeah. <laughs> it just feels you so- trade away your franchise player for a guy who you know you're gonna what you're gonna get out of him and what you're gonna get is not even remotely close to what you're gonna get out of your honestly franchise player now fox has been playing a little better but um yeah it's freedom up a little bit but the pacers are their quote-unquote rebuild uh definitely is a lot closer than to being competitive than any other short-term rebuild I've ever mm-hmm. seen. <laughs> hey Troy, let's play a game. I want I, I want to read the, to I want to read these two records. I want you to tell me which team's rebuilding, which team is which team is winning now. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. One team is 23 and 46. The other team is 24 and 45. Which team's rebuilding? Which team's winning now? Because apparently one of them is saying, we're going to go and win the whole thing with DeMontis Sabonis. Is that team honestly only 23 games? The Sacramento Kings have won 24 games. Okay. But one game ahead, and they have totally two different worldviews of what their team is all about. Uh huh. One team said, (laughs) we got to cash in. The other said, we got to change. I just and, and and for this to happen too, and for them to be in a worse spot than the Portland Trailblazers and the New Orleans Pelicans, I just I, it's unreal, man. I mean, it's it, it says something that this team is worse. And again, this will be this this will be the last time we said that say this team's name tonight, the Los Angeles Lakers. I just every single time I check in on this trade, Troy. It gets worse, and I have no idea how that's humanly possible. But Troy, they found a way, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did, Sean. Oh my goodness, it is uh yeah, it is just uh, it is an interesting, interesting time in the league right now. And and as of recording, we are only a month away from the play-in tournament. We are only a month away from the NBA playoffs. And while we wait, you know what's going to be there to entertain us, Troy? March Madness. Now, now, real quick, before we get into from Mount Rushmore, I know you and I both have not paid as much attention to college basketball this year. And whatever, whatever attention we did pay it was really more so in the direction of looking at who we Draft. want on our Detroit yeah. Pistons. 
Mm-hmm. But having said that, Troy, if you had to pick your favorite right now to win the whole dance, who do you got? And I have why? a really hard time not going with Gonzaga, Sean. Same here, man. Dude, the more I see them play, the more I see the development that Chat has had over the past four months. Um, I like college kids can't compete with this guy, Sean. Nope, <laughs> they can't. They can't hang. And 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 I am I am fully expecting Chet Holmgren just to have this crazy run in March. I think him. I think Jabari Smith Jr. I, I yeah. think Jaden Ivey. Yeah. I mean, these man, the more I see of Jaden Ivy, dude. Yeah, I'm telling you, Sean. Oh Ivy's fun. Ivy's fun, man. <laughs> he is. You know, you know, and, and again, I, I always like to you know, I like to pump the brakes on the John Morant comparisons because John Morant is a borderline MVP candidate. His athleticism out is out of this world. He doesn't have that athleticism, but you know what he does have that's similar to John Morant? They can go out there and get theirs. They can go out there and get a bucket. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. They can put right. their team on a sh- on. He can put his team on his shoulders if need be. And I'm yeah. not gonna lie, thinking about a backcourt of Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, dude. Yeah, yeah, and you Ooh, know, you you want you kind of want a big, you kind of want a a four that can stretch the floor. But if you get a generational point guard talent, Sean, um, that can it can go alongside and can work with Cade. Uh, you got to best. You got to draft the best available player. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. And Ivy could be him, but again, we've said this before. We'll say it again. There's a good chance that the Pistons' draft pick will be chosen for him because of the lottery order. Yeah, that's one. That's two. That's three. That's four. That's five. Whatever. It very well could be given to them more than they have to pick and choose and debate and you know have tre- tremendous workouts where that decision has to be made i i think the order will decide more than the workouts yeah 100 percent. and uh you know i i i and i think that is a very very valid way uh to to look at it now before before we get talking more about march i would be remiss if we didn't spend the last little part of the regular part of our podcast talking about keg cunningham and our Detroit Pistons, Troy. We got to talk about him at least once a week, right? We always, we they always got to throw something in there. Now, Kay Cunningham. In case people have, at home have not been paying attention, has been going off. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in in the month of March, uh, Kay Cunningham is averaging twenty three points, eight rebounds, five point eight assists. 44% from the field, 36% from three, 89% from the line. Every game he's had so far in the month of March, he's scored over 20 points. The other night in the other night at home against the Clippers, in 44 minutes, almost gets a triple double. And 41 minutes in Boston, for the majority of the game, looked like the best player in the arena. Yeah. Troy the in since the All-Star break, Kay Cunningham leads the NBA in the most clutch points. That list, by the way, second, John Morant with 32. Third, 
DeJounte Murray with 27. Fourth, Nikola Jokic with 26. And fifth, Sadiq Bey with 25. And, and, you know, I know right now we're losing games. I mean, the bench is injured. There's only so much that, that K can do. But, Troy, I, 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 made it, I also made a video this week talking about I think K Cunningham's ceiling can be very high. And in my opinion, I think the league should be terrified right now. What, what are your thoughts, Troy? What have you seen from him? Yeah, I think we're seeing the, honestly, I, I hate to say it, the coming out party still of Cade Cunningham, yes. Sean. Still the coming out, the coming out party. Um, you have to understand, the kid's just turned 20, right? He just mm-hmm. turned 20 years old. Um, he's a guy that does have that generational talent. Uh, he's a guy that I think long-term, when looking at point guards of the future, you know, a guy like LaMelo Ball, who is, you know, balling out, right? Mm-hmm. I think Cade Cunningham still has the better career than LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. I even think of a guy like Darius Garland. Yeah. I think Cade Cunningham's the better player to revolve, you know, and to build my team around. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, you know, looking ahead, we're seeing just the start of Cade Cunningham, which is so exciting. And I, I, Back in the summer, you told me a good comparison that you see is uh, a Jason Tatum type of, I guess, point forward kind of kind of deal yeah. with Cade. Yeah. And the more I think about that, the more I like that. Oh, dude, the because... more I watch him play, the more I see it. Like it, he just, yeah. like I, I see just that that t- Jason Tatum type of dog about him. But I think, I think what he, I think what Cade has that that Tatum didn't have at the beginning of his career, and we're starting to see more of, is I think Cade can make the guys around him better more naturally than Jason Tatum did to start his career. I think that was something that teammates like Marcus Morris had to challenge him. Mm -hmm. I I think him and Jalen Brown had to learn how to do that together. I think Cade Cunningham came to the league knowing how to do that. And I think over the year, he's learned how to get better at it. And I just the 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 ceiling of Cade Cunningham should terrify the yeah. rest of the league. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a great thing to to say is is the ceiling of him. And I still don't know 100 percent his ceiling, but the the point forward type of Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. uh, I think that is a great comparison, Sean. And mm-hmm. I think uh, going ahead, I, I think the league the league has a lot to look out for this guy, man. They um, do. He's a guy that can give you I I think he can give you a triple double a lot of nights, Sean, mm-hmm. go, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Maybe not this season, but in the future, I I see a walking triple double. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Am I wrong to say that? No, I don't not think at so. all. Not at all. Now Troy, not to drastically change topic here. However, I did see some breaking news. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. Finished with a franchise record 60 points mm-hmm. against the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, that's worth our time for sure. That's history. 60 points. Cat the, was 60, the, man. The season high, the franchise high. This guy heard us talking about the best bigs in the world and that we didn't mention his name. And he said, <laughs> and I took that personally. Almost 20 rebounds too, Sean. Yeah. 
17 rebounds, 7-11 from three, made it to the line, had 15 free throws. It feels to me like Carl Anthony Towns took the next step as a player this year, Troy. As yeah. Far as, oh, yeah. As far as affecting winning, it seems to me like the Timberwolves are actually building something here. Mm-hmm. And that's the fact that we're saying that is saying a lot for them because I don't know about you, Troy. There was a team that I was not confused by their direction more than the Minnesota Timberwolves for quite <laughs> some time. But, Troy, the formula's being put together in front of us, is it not? No, it is. It definitely is, Sean. And I think that formula consists of Carl Anthony Towns and a guy named Anthony Edwards. Oh, 100%. And when you have those guys, you know, two former number one picks, I, I see – I don't see not necessarily their trajectory being similar to Detroit's, but I see something to look forward to of, of young guys who can play together and who, who can make their fan base excited about the future. And uh, I still think they're probably two or three years away from competing. Yeah. Um, and I, I still being think they serious. have a long, a long yeah. way to go too with oh, yeah. even just organizing and, you know, whatever. But well, Anthony Edwards, he's only in his second year. Like for them to be serious, I think he has to grow into a more serious player. Yeah. I think a guy like D'Angelo Russell has to take on a little bit more responsibility. And, uh, you know, I, I think he has some room to grow too. I, you know, I just think, I think this is like a good young team. This could be a, we could be looking at this team very similarly to the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. a few years from now. And I'm not saying that this is a Phoenix Suns caliber team because the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA. Right. But I mean, it's it's hard to not look at this team and think that there's good things ahead of them because I mean we know at the very least that Carl Anthony Towns he can play. He can, and we've known that for a while, Sean. And I right. think he's a guy that's a, a legitimate threat from three point arc. I think he's a guy that can drive to the hole and 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 beat you that way. Uh, but again, uh, a defensive guy too that that can really play all ways in the court. I, I think he's kind of the embodiment of the future of the big in this league. And yes. uh, there's really not many players. I can really only think of two that can do it better than him. Yeah. And that's 100%. obviously the two we saw tonight. So 100% Troy, I can't agree more. And, you know, I think, I think Carl Anthony Towns has firmly set himself as, as probably the third best big in the world. You know, I, I think, I mean, okay. A lot of people say Giannis Troy, I don't view Giannis as a big. I'm going to be honest no, with you. He's not a he, big. He's no. uh he's he's I think of him more of a 3 than a 4. Oh, Is that weird? A, I mean, he's a 4. He I mean He's, he's definitely a 4, but yeah. I okay. I feel like he has more threeness than fiveness. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Okay. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, and, and even uh even uh, people throw Anthony Davis in there. He hates playing the five. Yeah. He dude, hates it. He's not a five. And even then he's not he's never healthy. Like, how can I count on that guy? Why would I put him up at the top of that list? Why think about that guy? Exactly. There's nothing to think about. What's the conversation? So, you know, for me, like, it's got to be Carl Anthony Towns. He's got to be that third best big. And, you know, I think Mm -hmm. to his credit, he got to that point. I think, I think years before you could make the argument he wasn't even in the top five. But now the Timberwolves are winning games. They're Mm -hmm. getting better on the defensive end. He's taking over offensively. And I mean, if they make the playoffs, 
that's a tough first round. It is, so, Sean. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. I'm happy that Carl Anthony Towns is producing at the level that he is, especially after everything he's gone through. Um, and, you know, I'm just uh, I'm rooting for him, man. Just rooting for him to keep doing stuff like this. But, Troy, with that, it is now time for us to head from Mount Rushmore. And, Troy, we got a perfect topic today, don't we? We sure do, Sean. What is that? That is going to be, we're doing the Mount Rushmore of best March Madness performances by, I guess, future NBA players. So I guess the only rule of this Mount Rushmore is the players we picked had to have played at least one game in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the players that we picked had to have at least won one game in March Madness, yep. meaning that, um, you know, the players that we say don't have to always make the final four. They don't always have to make the elite eight, well, elite eight either. Um, so, Sean, I'm going to let you start. What name comes to mind when I think of, or when we think of, best March Madness performances of the past? Let's let's so let's say forever. We're not going to okay. put a timeline to this. Okay. Let's say forever. Well, there's a couple that come to mind. Yep. I think I want to start. I, I think I want to start small and build up. Sure. So with that, my first name that I'm going to throw on this list is Dante Divincenzo. Mm-hmm. Now, Dante DiVincenzo, I have never seen a player's draft stock in my entire life more affected by one performance. <laughs> and that performance was in the national championship game against the University of Michigan. Troy, Dante DiVincenzo went off. And people were calling this guy an NBA All-Star based off of one game. I mean, I... He was a good college player. Don't get me wrong. He was yeah. one of the best players on that team. He was consistent, good score, good 3 and D wing. But man, just off of that one game, you know, to end March Madness, national championship, the biggest stage, Dante DiVincenzo had one of the better national championship performances of recent memory. What year was that, Sean? Was that? I believe it was 2018. I was just saying nineteen. Yeah, but let, 18 me, let me look it up. Better. Let me look it up. Yeah. Um, but but Troy, do you what what do you remember about that performance? Yeah, I remember the threes, man. And I remember the quickness and the the facilitating. Um yeah, that was a game. I, I can't remember, you know, yeah, I can't remember exactly you know, where I was when that all happened, but I do remember um yeah, the the facilitating and the three balls, man. Um that was that's what I remember. Sean. Mm-hmm. He was <laughs> he was ten of fifteen from the field, six of ten from three. Yeah, and he outscored man. Michigan eighteen to fourteen in the final twelve minutes of the first half. Eighteen to fourteen. He outscored. He didn't outscore a player on Michigan. <laughs> he alone outscored the Michigan Wolverines in the final twelve minutes of the first half. 18 to 14. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's essentially at that point, put him away. Mm-hmm. He scored 31 points, which in a college game is insane, especially on that Villanova team who could really put it up, you know? So, so to me, when I think of the Mount Rushmore 
of of the best, you know, March Madness performances by guys that would end up being in the league. I got to look at Dante DiVincenzo and I got to give him his respect because he hasn't done anything that good since, and he's an yeah. he's a Sacramento King. So the so you know the poor bastard gets has to get all the praise he can get. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yes, Sean, that, the poor bastard. Yeah, that poor soul, man. Yeah, so I'm going to go on my list first to start off with uh, taking it back a little bit, uh, but also starting high, but also starting low because this guy did not do Jack beep uh, in the NBA. You mean Jack? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And that guy is going to be a guy from University of North Carolina named Tyler Hansbro. Oh, yes. The Hansbro, uh, dude. Really? One of, uh, dude, I, I, I got to start high with this because the guy truly was one of the best players of the past 20 years in a singular season, Sean. Um, the, the guy impacted those Tar Heels on every level. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, Him and Ty Lawson both about, back in the day, man. Yeah. You know, in NBA terms, remember when, you know, back in the 2017, 18 era, when we knew it was going to be Cavs and Warriors in the finals, right? Mm -hmm. We just knew UNC would be in the national championship and we knew that they're going to win no matter the, the opponent that, that they would face. Granted, the opponent that year was my Michigan State Spartans. And of course they lost to Tyler Hansbro and the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. And that was a game, Sean, um, that, yeah, it was a played at Ford Field actually in Detroit. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Tyler Hansbro, man. Uh, he was a man of guns boys. You know, he was, a, he was a good post player. You know, he played the four, a very traditional four um, who could rebound the ball, who could do putbacks. Uh, I don't know. He was a guy that really impacted the whole March madness in every way, shape or form mm -hmm. and got drafted by the Pacers. Didn't really do much there. Uh, I think he had a little stint with the Raptors too. Definitely didn't do much there. And he found himself out of the league with, I think, with about three years. So mm -hmm. uh, really had one of the worst. Probably, I, I can't see us naming another worst player besides maybe one other guy that I'm sure maybe could come up, at least in an honorable mention. But we'll get to that guy later. Um, like, uh, like, there's no other guy that had such a low tr low impact on the NBA than Tyler Hansbro, but had such an incredible uh, March Madness. So, Sean, do you remember that 2009 March Madness? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I remember... I remember the the Tar Heels versus MSU uh, yeah. in the in the Final Four, the national championship game. I remember, um, I just remember him, just his dominance at the college level. You know, like he was just that, uh, he was just that that big that could really, uh, you know, put it up in the post. He was a high effort player, uh, you know, yeah. high character guy. I remember, I remember watching him in his Duke North Carolina matchups, and I remember him being just one of my favorite college basketball players to watch as a kid and you know I just you know he was just one of those guys where he was not made for the NBA game but you know what at the college level he could go out there and play with the best of them and sure uh, he had an amazing amazing run in that March Madness and and uh, for my next guy kind of moving up the ranks of NBA players when I think of the best March Madness run I've seen and that I think of the first one that comes to mind is the 2011 Kemba Walker run with the UConn Dude, Huskies. Yes. So yes, when, inject when, that to my veins. So when I think of the, he was the most outstanding player of the tournament. 
averaged 23 and a half points. Um, they won 11 games in 27 days. Um, and Kemba Walker was the one that made it happen. This team was an eighth seed in the tournament. Kemba Walker had that amazing, uh, had, had those amazing shots. I mean, I remember the, do you remember the, the way that he ended the big East tournament? That yeah, game winner in the garden back at the garden, Sean. Of mm-hmm. course. I remember I was watching that live. Yeah. And, and people forget it was favorited to win that game. They were the better team. Like UConn yeah. wasn't that good. Yeah. But, but yeah. it was, but it was Kemba Walker. He just, he had an incredible run. And, and yeah. you know, if, if we're putting together a Mount Rushmore of the greatest March madness runs, he has to be there. He has to be there. There's no doubt. Dude, and then even the national championship game, Sean. Mm-hmm. I mean, you knew UConn was winning. They, mm-hmm. Another scenario of like like the most talented team mm-hmm. in that tournament, at least when the Elite Eight came around. Yeah. And you just knew how it would end. Yeah, this team, like they were just, they were two on fire. Like they just went out there each and every night. And you knew Kemba Walker was going to be the best guy on the court, whoever they were playing. And you knew that he mm-hmm. was going to be too much and that it was going to be, uh, it was, it was just going to, it was, it was going to be overwhelming for whoever they were going to face. And so right. for me, Kemba Walker has to be on that list. Yeah. There's no doubt, Sean. Um, and Troy with that, yeah. I mean, honorable mentions before we get to the final one, right? I yeah. Mean, uh, one honorable mention I'd throw out there cause I'd wager he's not going to be on your list. Uh, Zion Williamson yeah. had a pretty incredible March Madness run, uh, although sure it was did. cut short. By my eight. Spartans. Yep, in the Elite Eight. Um, he's one that I throw in there. Uh, what's yeah. a, what's another honorable mention that you got to think of? <laughs> Adam Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Adam you could, you could Jimmer, too, though. Jimmer was in the same year yeah. as Kemba. Yeah, yeah. Jimmer's definitely won 100%. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But with Magic that, Johnson, let's just say it. Oh, Larry oh, yeah. Bird. Yeah, Larry Bird. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, incredible. But like I think I think the way our list is going, like this is like our lifetime. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna close in uh we can still get to honorable mention, but maybe we're gonna disagree on this one. But mm-hmm. to me, it was too dominance of a performance to to leave out. And that's gonna be Anthony Davis, 2012, Kentucky okay. Wildcats. Okay. Um Anthony Davis wow. led that team with uh uh-huh. Uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, I believe, as well. Um, that was a little Booker. bit after John Wall and and Demarcus Cousins. That Devin was two Booker years too. That. Yeah, Devin. Oh, no, no, Devin Booker was 2015. No, um, no, Devin Booker was on that team. Oh, if he was, he was a freshman. Yeah, and he was a one and done. They, he went out with them. Like Anthony no, he Davis did not. is also a freshman. Devin Booker did not go out with them. I will make a bet with you right now. Hold on. I bet Sean any money. Any money. Any money. You pick right. it. I right. win. All right. You got it. Hold on. Uh, anyway, keep going. No. Um, yeah. Anthony Davis, uh, just an cr- incredible performance. They were a one seed, I believe. And uh, another another case where you know that they are going to win every game. And that's exactly what they did. And it, it was one of those, you know, it's really, it's it's hard being a number one seed. It really is hard to be a number one seed, Sean, uh, of, of all the hype that goes around it. But those Wildcats, they just proved um, – to be no match for any other team. So mm-hmm. how much money are you paying me, buddy? I don't want to talk about Troy anyway. Um, with that, uh, wow, I guess I was wrong. Yeah, uh, look at that. 
I I swore was was no. he was okay was he with, Booker uh, Booker was the Kentucky team that beat Wisconsin or no lost to Wisconsin um in oh, 2015 he was way at, okay you know yeah remember that was the Stanley Johnson draft okay you know what I was thinking about he was with Carl Anthony Towns yes Kentucky. yes he was with that's, Cap. Yep. that's okay that's where I mixed up that's that's where I'm gonna take the L my bad I good, yeah I, but I mean I would say I would say that Kentucky team in 2015 um that was one of the more nearly as not I would say it wasn't as talented as the 2012 team mm-hmm. and it, it showed yeah uh, it really did it, it showed Sean and I think when when looking at both teams again honestly they, they were they, they were too good. They peaked too early. That 2015 team peaked mm-hmm. too early with Cat and Booker. They just peaked way too early, and they were not ready yeah. uh, in, in the final stretches. So. 100%. Now, the one name that I think we left off this list mm-hmm. that I immediately recognize we left off this list, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, yeah, Butler, baby, 2010. Yeah, the uh, you know what I learned run. about that year, Sean, is is the amount of um, college applications around the country that high school seniors were pouring into the University of Butler, and they had never heard of the college before, um, before Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. and, and the Butler mm-hmm. uh, Bulldogs. Um, of course, they won the Horizon Conference that yeah. year. And then they went uh, and marched on way to the final four and uh, was a half court shot away from uh, no, did they, they went to the championship. Yeah, They were in the net. They? they were a half court shot away from winning the, from winning the championship. They, they played That's Duke right. and it bounced off the front of the rim, bounced yes. off the yes. backboard, off the front of the rim, the closest, the, the, the most incredible near, near make game winner I've ever seen in my entire life. The yeah, best miss yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that game live mm-hmm. too, man. Oh man. Who did they play that year? Kentucky? They, no. They played Duke. Duke, Duke, Duke. They played Duke. Coach Who's K on that Duke, Duke team? Who's on that Duke team? Uh let me 2010 Duke team. They had a, I believe uh all right, Boogie. let's look here. No, Bookie went to Kentucky. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So the 2010 Duke team had Mason Plumley. Yeah. Miles Plumley. Yeah. Kyle Singler. Yeah. Uh had uh Andre Dawkins, Lance Thomas. Uh it was it was uh not their, you know, not their most flashy roster. However, I but mean, a, a team an effective roster. Oh yeah, 100%. You know, they got they got the job done. I mean, Duke yeah. Coach K, you know, the greatest uh the greatest of all time. Yeah, and, uh, I hate to uh, uh, try to manipulate your list, Sean, but I I would put Hayward over Divincenzo. I would too. I would. Too. <laughs> now that I think about it, sorry, yeah. Dante Divincenzo. I know you play for the Kings, but that's a bummer. You're not on the list. <laughs> Better luck next time. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, it's just when I when I look at that, you know, it's just one of those things yeah. where, um, you know, I again, it's just uh, not a. Not quite what we're looking for, you know what I mean? And uh, I know, uh, I believe, uh, I know Duke men's basketball, they have their, uh, they they are in the tournament, so they will be alive. Um, I will be curious to see what Coach K can do in yeah. his final run. Yeah. To, to, uh, yeah. To Besides Paulo, uh, 
not a lot of talent on this Duke team. Sure. No, but they're the they're a second seed though. Yeah, it, it really is remarkable. Um, so, but yeah. with that, Sean, I, I think even looking at some other honorable mentions in the past too, and you, you can't leave out Grant Hill and Duke. You can't no. leave out Chris Weber in Michigan. Um, or, or Mateen Cleaves. Mm-hmm. Mateen Cleaves mm-hmm. in 2000 with the yeah. Spartans. I mean, so, even Jalen Rose with that Fab Five, those yeah, Fab yeah. Five teams. You know, that just- Honestly, Sean, every March Madness, one player impacts his team to a point where mm-hmm. when you when you say that year if it's 2015 2019 2022 mm-hmm. whatever player impacts the march madness is the first player you think of when you think of that year's march madness john morant even went on a little bit of a run yeah when he was murray state at murray state man i mean there's shoot man we like you said there's just so many good performances that that you know you just you almost forget because when they come to the league they come in and do crazy things on the top level and it almost yeah. makes you forget about all that stuff they did in the, in college, you know? So it's, uh, it does. It yeah, does, man, Sean. it's, uh, it's going to be a really fun tournament. It's going to be a really fun final month of the season. And there's going to not be a better place to, to talk about all the action than hear from half court. Is that right, Troy? That is and right, Sean. Of, be sure to follow my guy, Troy on Twitter at Troy 44. Be sure to follow myself at Sean half court. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Two from Half Core, where each and every week Troy and I talk about all things of the game we love, and that is the game of basketball. If you like that, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, share with your friends, and leave a comment in the comment section down below. Talk about your favorite moments in March Madness history. We are, and we will be celebrating with you as this weekend we are just going to be watching so much basketball. But with that, we want to thank you, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time from Half Court. Be sure to subscribe.